Christian that knows who the Holy Spirit is will be able to evangelize boldly. And here are three reasons why this is true. The first one is that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth and it points you to Jesus. So when you get to know the Holy Spirit constantly, you are beholding who God is. You're thinking about who Jesus is. Hi, my name is Yuti and I am a born-again Christian purpose and business coach. I am on a mission to help you, a Christian believer, businesswoman, writer, advocate, therapist, whoever you are, to influence your circle by spreading the gospel boldly. I want to equip and empower witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ to change the world because we can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are ready to evangelize boldly, I encourage you to download the free resource that I have created for ordinary everyday believers like you and I to learn how to evangelize boldly. The name of the guide is what to say when evangelizing. I am so excited and I can't wait to hear all of the feedback and your experience going out there and sharing the word of God. I love y'all. Hearing many of you talk about being shy and not knowing what to say made me realize that I used to wait to be 100% sure about sharing the gospel before listening to the Holy Spirit. When I first became a Christian, I did not know a lot about God the Father. I had an okay understanding of Jesus because I heard a lot about what Jesus did on the cross. I also knew that I had received my salvation through Jesus. The person of the Holy Spirit was still a bit distant from me, very vague, very unclear. I just had like a very subtle recollection of people falling over at churches or on the TV. I also remember hearing about the Holy Spirit descending like fire in the New Testament. Now that I am helping other people evangelize boldly, it is really dawning on me that I now have a better understanding of the Holy Spirit than I did when I first started in my faith journey. And the Holy Spirit has given me the boldness to share my faith. One of my biggest aha moments in my faith was recognizing the difference between hosting the presence of the Holy Spirit and knowing the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you recognize the way that the Holy Spirit moves, you become sensitive to hearing his voice. But when you know the person of the Holy Spirit, you trust him. And trust leads to faith and faith leads to obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. If you are still listening, I would like to continue to share with you who the Holy Spirit is so that you can also become bold in evangelizing and sharing the gospel of God. Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much for everything that you are doing in our lives. And I invite you into this conversation about the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just pray that as we dive into knowing more about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will continue to reveal yourself to us, that you will convict us and help my words to even translate into what each person needs as, it, as they are listening to this podcast. Lord, I just pray that your will will be done in our lives and that we will continue to be living testimonies of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. There is no other way to learn about the Holy Spirit than to search the scriptures. So let's just do that. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us 
and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything that he has promised us. The first thing that we see here is that the Holy Spirit is an identifier. How do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? You know that you have the Holy Spirit because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your heart. And you believe that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the light. When you do that, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. The second thing is that the Holy Spirit is the first installment that guarantees everything God has promised to us. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit after he mentioned that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. And he says that the Holy Spirit is another advocate. Because our first advocate is Jesus. Right now, he's advocating for us in heaven. And also, when he was on earth, he was advocating for people like the woman that committed adultery or when he talks about that, you know, we should care for the, for the people that, that need us in our society. That was Jesus continuously like advocating or when he would heal people and, and heal them because he had compassion for them. He was advocating for those people. Jesus is a high priest. He advocates for us. The role of this second advocate, the Holy Spirit, is to help you and be with you forever. Remember, he is the first installment of what has been promised to us. And what is the promise? That we're going to have eternal life. So the Holy Spirit is that reminder that God is never going to forsake us or leave us. And we're going to spend the rest of eternity with God. And that starts from the moment that you have accepted Jesus into your life and accepted him as Lord and Savior of yourself. So this is a big deal that we now have this gift that is like the presence of God being with us forever. Like, you get it? It's a big deal. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of everything that God has promised us because the world cannot see or hear the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. Now, I want to explain this in the sense of sometimes we hear the Word of God, but they don't have that Holy Spirit living within them to translate it and, and like, you know, give them that conviction. And sometimes their heart is hardened, so they cannot hear the truth because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. But, you know, Sometimes some people are, you know, they have fertile soil and you share the gospel and, you know, they, they allow the Holy Spirit to come in to guide them and to, you know, convict them that, that, that Jesus is Lord and they receive Jesus into their lives. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. If someone does not receive the truth, which is Jesus, they do not have the Holy Spirit living within them. And the promise of Jesus is that we will have eternal life. And eternal life is life with God forever. So you see, even though we are still in this world, a time will come when the kingdom of God will be the only kingdom. Right now, the kingdom of God is near, but it hasn't fully taken over this earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth and we will be in glorified bodies spending time with God forever. Now, by the way, nobody knows when God is coming, okay? Nobody knows and nobody's going to know. The Bible says that, you know, no one knows the dates and the time when Jesus is going to come back. 
So overall, the Holy Spirit gives us a lot of insight into how we will feel when we're spending time with God. If we're gonna be spending time with God forever, the Holy Spirit being with us forever is like a, a little taste of what it's gonna feel like for us to spend the rest of our lives just singing and worshiping God and just being with God. So when, a, when God called Abraham, God was like, you know, Abraham, leave your country your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Abraham began his faith journey with God with an instruction to separate himself from what he knew, to set aside the things that he knew and he was familiar with, to let go of his old life. At first glance, you're thinking, wow, God really wants to bless some random dude. Because God is like, I'll make you famous and you'll be a blessing to others. You might even go a step further and read this to yourself, you know, and start saying, God, I claim that you will make me a great nation. I declare right now that I will be a blessing to others. And I declare right now that, um, you know, you will make me famous. You know, you just take the scripture and run with it. But what you might not know is that after God called Abraham to let go of his old life at 75, like 75, like the guy was like, he had a life, like he had a way of life. And God is like, nah, I'm going to call you out to that. Something to note here as well is that you see this thread over and over again where God calls people to be separate from the things that they used to do. He calls them to tear down old things so that they can be able to build something for God. He calls them to make a sacrifice that will create space for what he's trying to do in their lives. So after God called Abraham at 75 years old to walk in blind faith, the blessings did not just happen. Abraham went to Egypt because of the famine and he was scared that they will kill him and take his wife. In case you missed it, he did not have food to eat. Okay, he went there because there was no food at home. You know, he had his name changed from Abraham to Abraham at 99 years old, and God promised him a son through Sarah. And then at age 100, Abraham had a son with Sarah and named him Isaac. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and then Jacob was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then Jacob, also known as Israel, and Leah had a son named Judah. Judah had a son named David. If we wanted to try and list out all of the people between Abraham and Jacob, it might take a full minute because it took 14 generations from Abraham to David. And then from David to the exile in Babylon, another 14 years. And then, I mean, not years, 14 generations. And then from the exile to the Messiah, which is Jesus, another 14 generations. So it took 42 generations between the promise of Abraham being a father to all nations and that promise actually happening, you know, that Jesus came and he gave us like eternal life. And now because of that eternal life, we are all like sons and daughters of Christ, you know. The promises that Abraham will be a father of many nations and a blessing to many nations is not tied to his, I'm going to butcher this, it's not tied to his genealogical tree. 
It is tied to the fact that Jesus comes from his bloodline of Abraham and Jesus made it possible for Gentiles to also have access to salvation. So Jesus opened up the door so that salvation was for many nations, not just for the Jews. And while Jesus was on earth, he talked about the future where we will all spend forever with God. Romans 8.23 sheds more light on our current states as Holy Spirit believers. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, a foretaste of the future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God gives us our full rights as his adopted children including the new bodies he promised us. Friends, it's not enough to feel the Holy Spirit as goosebumps or recognize his presence while we're in corporate worship. It is time for you and I to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the deposit, the foretaste of what Jesus completed on the cross for all believers. When we say that the victory has already been won, we should not only be referring to the victory over the effects of the brokenness of this world, like sickness and all of that. We should also be rejoicing that when Jesus said it is finished and that he is going to heaven, he said that we will have a foretaste of the kingdom of God with us always. That is the Holy Spirit. That is a reason to rejoice as well. That is a reason to be so happy that we are going to be with God forever. Why am I sharing all of this with you? Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is, you know, if like a sneak peek into this eternal life. And this is not the first time God is given a promise. God gave a promise to Abraham that he's going to be the father of many nations. And see how long it took? It took a while for that to happen, you know? And so when we really try to understand what the Holy Spirit is doing, we have to look at both the Old Testament and the New Testament and see how God is like fulfilling, how God is fulfilling promises that he has made. Because there's no promise that God is going to make and like go back on. You know, once he says it, he's going to do it. So what I mean by there's no promise that God is going to say and, and then go back on, I mean that if he wanted to go back on it, he would say in the Bible that, you know, something has changed. I mean, God can change his mind if he wants to. I mean, he would ask the Israelites to do something, they wouldn't do it. And because of that, he'd be like, y'all didn't do what you guys are supposed to do. And there was a promise attached to that. So like that whole covenant is not, it's not in effect anymore. So you can see like sometimes God will ask people to do something and then that will be tied to like a promise. And then sometimes they wouldn't like, you know, stick to their end of it. And the way covenants work is that you also have to stick to your end of it. So um, what I'm saying is that for Abraham, after God made the promise, he didn't at any point take it back. So that promise is still happening right now. Abraham is still a father to many nations. So let us make a habit of intentionally seeking the Holy Spirit, whether it's by yourself or with a group of people. Because for you to be able to evangelize boldly, you have to take a step back and be like, who is the Holy Spirit? How does he help us? How does he advocate for us? How does he comfort us? How does he teach us? A Christian that knows who the Holy Spirit is will be able to evangelize boldly. And here are three reasons why this is true. 
The first one is that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth and it points you to Jesus. So when you get to know the Holy Spirit constantly, you are beholding who God is. You're thinking about who Jesus is. And you're trying to align yourself with who Jesus is because you know what the truth is. And you know what else the Bible says about the truth? That the truth will set you free. That's what the Bible says. And secondly, why the Holy Spirit makes you bold in evangelism is that he is your helper and he will give you the words even when you don't have it prepared. So even when you're in a situation, you're on a bus, you're taking a walk and someone like starts talking to you, you're in the gym, you're at a cooking class, wherever you are, you didn't really prep to evangelize and then someone is trying to ask you about who God is, the Holy Spirit will give you the words if you submit to the Holy Spirit. The third reason why you should get to know the Holy Spirit so that you can trust Him and also evangelize boldly is that the Holy Spirit will separate you from this world through the fruits of the Spirit. But in order for us to bear fruit, a lot of times there has to be pruning. And the Bible also talks about how if you bear fruit, you also get pruned so that you bear more fruit. And that pruning, that edification that happens as we begin to know who God is as we begin to understand who the Holy Spirit is and not just think about him as a sensation but really know who he is that pruning leads us to bearing fruit and one of those fruits is love and when you love someone it's not about a feeling it's about an action we talk about that as well in one of the episodes in this season so I really hope that this short this short episode challenges you to go back and really ask yourself, what do you know about the person of the Holy Spirit? Not about how he feels, but about who he is. Who is the Holy Spirit? 